Welcome to Injury Time. My name is Jordan Robinson. And if you're thinking that you're going to hear Darren saying, uh, and I'm Dan Matthews, you'd be sadly mistaken for this is the uh, first ever episode of Injury Time where I'm riding solo. Yep, it's it's come to that. Our schedules are too busy. Uh, yeah, no, unfortunately this week Darren isn't able to go on the episode and I am going to be out of the country very soon because um, I'm actually quite busy in terms of gigs and stuff like that, which is a great complaint to have. Uh, but just a little explanation for why it's only me today. Um, uh, Darren's been gigging himself. Uh, the last episode he mentioned he was doing Yuri with Shane Todd uh, on his tour. Obviously, Shane Todd, um, friend of the podcast, has been... Uh, a, what episode? Yeah, the Eric Cantona episode that we have done previously with him. Still up, if you guys want to have a wee listen. Uh, he was gigging with him last week. Uh, went very well, by all accounts. And uh, I've just been doing tour shows with uh, the fantastic Mr. Mickey Bartlett and Shane as well. And I've been doing a bunch of different shows, uh, house shows, different club shows. And uh, I'm away to England on Wednesday to make sure it doesn't come home. Um, that is my plan. No, uh, I am heading over to Liverpool. Uh, th- this is being recorded on the Tuesday, so I'll be in Liverpool um, tomorrow night. I'll be gigging at Hot Water Comedy Club, which is uh, it's a big deal. Hot Water hot water's a pretty happening spot for all comedians in the UK. Uh, and then I'm going uh, to my very good friend, uh, Brett Wilson's wedding, which is in Leeds followed by a gig so I'm busy guys you know what I mean and like it's uh you didn't think you'd be complaining about it for a year and a half in lockdown when you were like yes I will attend every zoom quiz that there is going because I need some form of stimulation and that's why we started the podcast originally because we wanted to have like a creative outlet that we could talk about sport, uh, something that me and Darren are both very passionate about. And hopefully that comes through in the uh, older episodes um, that we've recorded and stuff like that. That, that. that is the main reason, but also it's just to have something to do. You know what I mean? You're not going to, uh, you're not reinventing the wheel every time you have a podcast idea. And I think it's, it's a little bit, um, I don't know, narrow-minded to think, that, yes, I have broken the seal. Nobody else is doing it. There's a bunch of different sports podcasts, but um, I think ours has a little bit of uniqueness to it. You know what I mean? And that's, I'm on a tangent here. I'm just getting all emotional. It's like I'm accepting an Oscar for best podcast. Um, (laughs) uh, But yeah, so unfortunately, Darren's not here this week. Um, But yeah, we'll just, uh, we'll crack on in terms of uh, talking about stuff that's happened in the news um, sporting-wise um, since the last episode. And uh, there was a 
story we talked about previously on the podcast about a, a girl from Belfast. She's 12 years old. Her name is Emer McKee. Uh, and she was the athlete that uh, uh, broke the 5K um, record time. Uh, and she is in the news again because she breaks the age group 5K record for a second time. I mean, like, hey, what were you doing when you were 12? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what I was doing when I was 12. And normally for comedians, this would be an easy, you know, discovering masturbation joke or whatever. I was raging at my parents for putting me into boarding school at the age of 12. And that pretty much took up all my teenage years. Um, so Belfast girl, Emer McKee, broke her own world 5K record for a 12-year-old by 13 seconds in Lisbon on Sunday. Uh, McKee smashed the world's best time by 12-year-old in a 5K road race at the Down Royal Race Course. Sounds like they were like, I don't know, racing horses or something like that, uh, in April and set her latest record at the same venue. The Willowfield Harrier clocked 16 minutes and 27 seconds at the Lisbon Festival of Running on Sunday. Number one, had no idea that the, there was a festival of running. Because the festival, you know, you have Carnival, you have like kind of Mar Mardi Gras, you have St. Patrick's Day. It's all celebrations of cool shit, you know. Um, Mardi Gras obviously being the festival of boobs and <laughs> fancy beads people throw at you at balconies. St. Patrick's Day being a festival of uh, impending hangovers and stuff like that. But I, di I didn't know there was, there was <laughs> someone was celebrating the fact that uh, you have to run like the the kind of the caveman instinct that you need to run to survive which is kind of weird but um after her performance in april emer explained her success by saying that i just try to run as fast as i can and hey you know what that's probably how you do it there's probably a lot of other stuff she probably trains very very hard and as a 12 year old uh, i'm sure a lot of her time is taken up uh by you know practicing going for runs treadmills all that noise it, it's you know just to <laughs> just to simply say i just try to run as fast as i can it's almost like a quote out of forrest gump you know like when, when he starts like running across the country he's just like i i you know i don't know what to say i just try and run as fast as i can and <laughs> I think if Emer McKee, if uh, Emer McKee's not listening, but if you're listening to this Emer, the Belfast Forest Gump, I'm pretty sure that Instagram handle is non-existent at the minute. So if I were you, I would get management sorted, get that snapped up, maybe write a book, uh, solve world hunger, do something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's an incredible, incredible uh, achievement for such a young person from Northern Ireland to get. And yeah, it's uh, it's nice to see that we're in the news for something that isn't uh, setting fire to our own buses, uh, which is really great. Uh, but yeah, moving on to like different other stories, I we covered this briefly that Sergio Ramos' time as Real Madrid legend. I don't know if his his legend, what do you call it? Well, you know, you would say his legend would continue um, with uh, the Spanish giants, Real Madrid, uh, because his time with um, Real Madrid has come to an end. And uh, there's just mad speculation to see 
where he will be playing his football next year because I think he's too good to retire uh, as much of an utter bastard that he is. He's one of those people where you go like, yeah, he's an utter bastard, but the annoying thing is he backs it up with being able to play pretty good football. You know what I mean? And, you know, he's not scoring, like, absolute worldies, like, every single game because that's just, obviously, being a centre-back, that's not your job. But, you know, the amount of red cards, I'm pretty sure he's got, like, a 1,000 red cards in, like, 500 games or something like that. Uh, but, you know, he's good in, good in the air. Uh, he's definitely someone you want uh, attacking a corner for you guys. It would be absolutely fantastic. I don't see him coming to West Ham, nor do I think that would be a good thing for uh, him or West Ham. But uh, the teams that are also within a shout of signing um, Sergio is, uh, number one, the leaders at the minute is going back to his old club of Sevilla. Which, you know, would be a lovely homecoming. Um, but then also going like... It's, it's kind of it's like being married to like a complete uh, 10 out of 10 supermodel. Uh, and then you guys get divorced and then you go back to your like childhood sweetheart. <laughs> and just go like, I'm back, baby. Uh, uh, let's see if they, um, if they want them back. You know, they may be like, you know what, Sergio? Get your bags. Get out of my haze. Um, because I think all interactions <laughs> between men and women is just a uh, Belfast man and woman uh, just screaming at each other. That's the only thing I can uh, <laughs> um, I can kind of equate it to. Uh, but yes, uh, team other teams that are in the running, uh, obviously Manchester United. Uh, it's quite high. Uh, his uh, you could say counterpart uh, in the Barcelona system, uh, Jared Piquet. He's pretty much like the the Catalonian Sergio Ramos when you think about it. And spent time with Manchester United uh, early in his career. So, you know, maybe that would be a nice way for Sergio Ramos to end his career. Because, I mean, like, Jesus Christ. They need to replace Lindelof. I mean, like, he's playing well for Sweden in the Euros. But I think he's just doing that to troll United fans. Which, you know, uh, Darren's not here, so I can't really slag United off too much. But... He's playing the long game in that respect and getting paid millions to do it. Um, so, I mean, like Sergio Ramos would be, if I was a United fan, I, that would be number one priority. Don't worry about Sancho or anything like that. I would worry about zhuzhing uh, up our uh, defence. Uh, I mean, like Bally's, uh, Eric Bailly's good. Uh, Harry Maguire is pretty good as well. It's like it's undoubtable. Luke Shaw's amazing at the minute. Um, so, yeah, uh, I mean, like just a, as long as you have like a good rotation of decent enough players, I mean, like, hey, put Lindelof in for the Carlin Cup or the Carabao Cup or whatever it's called. Um, so you're not wasting, you know, decent, decent players. But then also, uh, I'm sure he's taken enough of a wage himself. Like, so very, very strange. And at the minute, um, moving on from that story of Sergio Ram. Oh, uh, yeah, just briefly as well. Uh, now uh, entering the ring, I don't know if I said this already, because um, it's quite hard to do podcasts by yourselves, um, but Manchester City are in one of the clubs uh, chasing uh, Sergio Ramos's signature, which, you know, I don't know, leave it out, City. I mean, like, I don't think he would have won you the Champions League. You had the opportunity, and you kind of fucked it. I mean, like, obviously, having De Bruyne out is, like, a major thing, but, uh, poor old City. I don't see them getting back to the Champions League this year, but obviously you need to you you need to see the kind of rebuild. Maybe they'll go like Spurs did, make it to the Champions League final against another English team, get beat, and end up having to sell from De Bruyne 
like the way Harry Kane might be going this season. Um, but yeah, uh, that's pretty much us summed up for uh, you know sporting stories at the start of the week. We'll get into um, all the games that have happened so far. Uh, we'll be talking Euros. We'll be talking NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, um, and soon we'll be doing a very special episode uh, with a very good friend of mine, which I will keep secret because mystery is bad. No, uh, no, a surprise is as good as a change. Isn't that what they say? I know they say it about rests, but I'm going surprises. Um, so yeah, let's get into this week in sport. This week in sport. So uh, to start off, uh, we will go. There was Champions League qualifications. We're starting on Tuesday, the twenty second, but uh, they are teams from countries I can't pronounce. Andorra. Where is F A I? What's the abbreviation for that country? Is it? It wouldn't be the Faroe Islands, would it? And then Kosovo and, uh, I don't know, San Marino or something. But uh, we'll get into the Euros um, because it was it was just rounding up the group stages of the Euros at that point with uh, the final game being played in, what group was that? It was Group D, uh, England's group. So uh, Croatia against Scotland was the early, uh, no, they were uh, the same kickoff, which was kind of annoying because obviously, like, you want to see the Czech Republic beat England uh, and you wanted to see Scotland beat Croatia. Unfortunately, it's not how it panned out. Uh, so Croatia ended up uh, beating Scotland three goals to one. Um, Callum McGregor, absolute great goal to equalise, 1-1 at half time. Scottish hopes were still alive until uh, they were, I don't know, <laughs> stabbed in Glasgow city centre by Luka Modric and Perisic as well uh, with uh, Croatia then going on to win the game 3-1. And yeah, I mean, like, y- you always wanted Scotland to do something when they're at the Euros and stuff like that, but they're just not a strong enough squad at the minute. You thought with, like, maybe the likes of Shea Adams being in the lineup, they have that kind of, like, attacking outlet and obviously drawing... What was it? Two two with the Netherlands in the, uh, the pre Euro kind of warm up games. You were thinking, oh, this is hey, you know, Netherlands have bounced back. You never know. You never know. They could be the Leicester of European international football, but they weren't. Um, and then moving on to the Czech Republic against England, uh, an early goal from Raheem Sterling assisted by Jack Relish. Uh, and that was pretty much it. A uh, pretty boring game. Uh, Yadon Sancho finally got on for the last six minutes of the competition. I mean, like, what what has he done to Gareth Southgate? You know what I mean? Does it like every time he goes into training, does he take a take the absolute piss out of him for missing that penalty? Um, or like I don't know. Maybe he just has. Maybe he's like just racist against uh, German teams. You know what I mean? It's like, you should be playing for flipping uh, uh, Bristol City. You shouldn't be playing for Borussia Dortmund. Um, But moving on to Wednesdays, there's four games on. Um, uh, I have to say, uh, with the gigs starting back up and stuff like that, uh, I was in, that was the night I was uh, in the Hatfield House in Belfast. And uh, I met up with a friend of the pod, uh, Mr. Johnny Bow, obviously uh, the the gentleman that does all our photoshopped uh, images and stuff like that for Instagram, and uh, sat down, looked up at the screen, and saw that Spain 
had beat Slovakia 5-0, which, you know, in the early doors as well, uh, they missed a penalty in the 12th minutes, uh, Morata missing that, but then an own goal by Dubravka, and then the floodgates just seemed to open two own goals, by one by Kuka and one by uh, Dubravka, and I didn't get seeing it, but apparently Dubravka really fucked up, like... I mean, like it kind of it kind of shows you why he, he is now playing uh, for Newcastle United. But uh, moving on to the Sweden against Poland match, um, Sweden ended up three two winners. And to me, I think so far they have been in the group stages. Now uh, we'll get when we go into the uh, playoff matches and like the round of 16 and stuff like that. Uh, obviously, my opinion will probably change. But for me, Sweden have been the surprise kind of outfit of the whole uh, tournament this year so far. Uh, Forsberg getting the first two goals. So it was 2-0 at the 60th minute. At 61 minutes, uh, Robert Lewandowski, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, gets one back. Uh, and then in the 84th minute, Lewandowski equalizes. The Polish population of Belfast went crazy. I remember just like there's a a, a pub in Belfast, and <laughs> when you walk, when I was walking past it to get to the uh, to get to the gig, uh, and just hearing Lewandowski score and the place going mental, which is kind of weird because we're still in COVID times, and I'm like, hey guys, if you're going to scream and shout, put your mask on. You know what I mean? Uh, but unfortunately, in the 94th minute for Polish people, this is, um, uh, Sweden got their third goal to take all three points from the Polish team. Now, the two late kickoffs that day, um, for two teams, or for two games that ended in 2-2 draws, some of the most entertaining football you'll watch. Germany against Hungary finished up 2-2. I mean, like, what a game. I mean, Germany are no longer a superpower in world football. I'm going to say it now. As a team um, that I really like, I really enjoy watching. I, I like the majority of the players that are in the squad. Uh, Joachim Lowe uh, was sniffing his ball bag again, sniffing it. Uh, it's just weird, but Hungary. Actually, no. Should I say Sweden or Hungary were my surprise about the um, the group stages? Because Hungary, what, they got beat early doors by Portugal 3-0. And Portugal didn't score until, like, what, the last, I don't know, like, 10 minutes or something like that. And Hungary really held their own. But then going up against France, drawing 1-1. And this game against Germany, drawing 2-2. Like, it's decent. Like, I would be very happy if I was a Hungarian fan. But uh, thank God I'm not. Uh, <laughs> and Portugal against France, the game finished up 2-2 with uh, pe- two penalties in the first half. Ronaldo scoring his and Benzema scoring his. You know, the two ex-Real Madrid players. And then guess what? Benzema scores in the 47th minute. And then uh, Cristiano Ronaldo scores a penalty to tie things up at two goals apiece. So two goals for Karim Benzema and two goals for Ronaldo. Uh, owners are even there. And... Uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get to the the teams that progress, but yeah, no, wait, yeah, that was the last um, that was the the end of the group stages. So you know what a way to end it. Two draws. You're thinking, oh, they must have been boring games. Man, they were anything from it. But um, we'll get into now the playoffs. So the round of sixteen, very entertaining games. I'm sure you'll all agree. 
Denmark were up against Wales, and don't you know it, Denmark beat Wales 4-0. Gareth Bale and the rest of the Welsh team sent home from the Euros after mm, yeah, a decent enough we uh, we outing. Um, what was it? A draw, 2 no win, uh, and then getting beat. So a draw, a win, and a loss, and then ultimately another loss against Denmark. Um, it kind of seems like after the whole Christian Eriksen incident, it's really galvanized the, the Danish team. So, you know, they've won the Euros before, um, so you never know. Maybe they're worth a little flutter on the nags, as Darren would say. Still don't know what it means. Um, but yeah, 4-0, very convincing uh, uh, <laughs> way to dispatch a team and uh, move into the uh, quarterfinals of the Euros. So, uh, And following that, Italy were up against Austria, uh, and it took extra time. Um but uh, luckily enough for them, uh, well, lucky enough for the Italians, I guess you'd say, um, they came away 2-1 winners after extra time. So it was nil-nil the whole entire game, and the first goal wasn't scored to the 95th minute, which, you know, you're looking at it going like, hey, you know, better late than never, but also Italy, you give us a fucking scare. They're like, the, I would say the favourites now to go on and win everything uh, in the tournament is definitely Italy because they seem the strongest teams, one of the strongest teams, at least in the group stages. Uh, so you never know. Um, moving on. Now, this is a game I didn't want to happen because uh, on, on what, Sunday? Yeah, Sunday, uh, the Netherlands were up against the Czech Republic. Um, now, the Czech Republic, I obviously like for Vladimir Sufal and um, Thomas, so check yourself before you wreck yourself. But that, oh, and Patrick Sheik as well, he's been playing very good this uh, campaign. And I reckon his stock is just going up and up and up. Uh, he's currently playing for Bayer Leverkusen. So uh, it will be interesting to see if he goes anywhere. Um, but this game, uh, obviously, I'm a big fan of the Dutch. Uh, Johan Cruyff is probably one of my favorite like footballing legends. Uh, I've been to a couple of uh, Eredivisie games um, and getting away, seeing the Johan Cruyff Arena, the old Amsterdam Arena. I mean, like, there's not much not to like about the Netherlands. And going into the campaign, you're thinking, yeah, they don't have the likes of Virgil van Dijk in their lineup and stuff like that, which is obviously a huge miss. Probably the best defender in the world not being in your squad, um, just because of Jordan Pickford. But, um, yeah, it ended up 2-0 uh, to the Czech Republicans. Now, obviously, I'm annoyed, but not annoyed, because also in the injury time sweepstakes, I got the Czech Republic. So I'm pretty happy about that as well. So, you know, we, uh, I, uh, I feel a little bit more confident going into it. But uh, just to get, there's absolutely nothing that happened in the second half. And then in the 55th minute, uh, was it Marcus Delit or Delight, or however you pronounce that uh, surname? Uh, handled the ball deliberately outside the box, uh, which led to a straight red card. It was a yellow, but they went to VAR, and they were like, sorry, mate, not the night, not in them shoes, and uh, got the red card, followed by two goals, um, by one by, was it Tyler Hollis, and uh, Patrick Sheik as well, scoring the 80th minute to just, I don't know, decimate, uh, the Dutch fans there, and I think that took place in Budapest in Hungary, I'm not quite sure, but yeah, 2-0 win for the Czech Republicans, and uh, moving on, 
to the quarterfinals and fair play to them. Now, this was a big game uh, that turned out to be relatively boring. Uh, Belgium were up against Portugal uh, and Belgium come out uh, 1-0 winners um, with Thorgan Hazard. And I'm saying this now, the better Hazard, he is 10 times better than Eden Hazard has been playing the past season with Borussia Dortmund and Belgium, you know. Uh, but sweet enough strike. Um, I'd be very happy with that. Um, if I were him, obviously I'd be I'd be fucking happy to be on the bench of an international football match. But um, yeah, the the Belgians defended well. Uh, it was a bit unlucky for Portugal hitting the post a couple of times and coming very close um, to tying things up. But unfortunately, it looks like that. Yeah, that's that has to be the end of uh, Ronaldo's. I don't know, would he stay around for another two seasons? How will it? He's like, what, 31, 32? Yeah, I could see him probably at the next World Cup if Portugal make it, um, which, you know, I'm not doubting that they will, but just you never know in terms of football. Um, but yes, uh, moving on to last night's games. My God, it just makes you happy that you have a, a high enough intelligence like human beings I'm speaking of have high enough intelligence to enjoy something like this. I mean, like my dog was watching the TV while I was watching these games. He just did not seem interested. Rudy could give less of a fuck about football. He he likes the actual football to chase. But apart from that, I mean, like d- don't ask him about the pros and cons of a false, you know, striker. Cause he, he won't even entertain that conversation. But my God, um, Croatia against Spain, the first kickoff, went to extra time, uh, but finished up 5-3 to the Spaniards against Croatia. Now, uh, started off first half, going in, going into the halftime break, it was 1-1, Pedri with the goal, and was it Sarabaya? I don't know, something Croatian. Uh, in, so they both scored in the first half. And then Cesar Aspelacueta, one of my favorite names to say, um, the Chelsea player, uh, make yeah scores and Spain go two one ahead, and it's looking you know pretty decent. You're going like they don't ha- really have to worry about this too much. And then Ferran Torres scores in the seventy seventh minute, and you're just like look happy days. We're on easy street now, lads. You can probably start taking players off and resting them and stuff like that. So they took Coke off and uh, Haya or Gaia, I, I don't know how you pronounce that, and Jody Alba came on, but in the 85th minute, Orzic scores, followed by Palisic in the 92nd minute to tie things up. I was sat screaming at the television, going like, this is top quality entertainment. And you're definitely thinking, come on, this has to be the game of the day. Surely there's nothing better than this. But uh, going into extra time, you're hoping for penalties as a neutral you want to see it go the full distance. Um, but uh, two goals by Spain in the 100th and the 103rd minute uh, seal everything up. Uh, and Spain progress into the quarterfinals and the um, World Cup finalists of last World Cup uh, head home empty-handed. Don't you hate to see it? But <laughs> speaking of World Cup winners, France were up against Switzerland. Now, Switzerland go into the half 1-0 up. You're looking at it going like, what is football? I do not understand it, and no one ever will. And don't lie to me by telling me you understand it. Because, yeah. Uh, Switzerland 1-0 up into the half. Uh, a missed penalty then 
by Rodriguez for Switzerland, um, the most Swiss name I could think of, um, followed by two very quick goals for France uh, in the 57th and 59th minute, both coming from Benzema, uh, and then Pogba with, I mean, like, how do you even describe this goal? I had Liverpool fans on my Facebook and Instagram feeds saying, Pogba, what a hit. You know what I mean? That's like, that's like a Rangers fan saying, you know who's the probably the best Japanese player of all time? Nakamura. It just wouldn't happen. Uh, and it, it was kind of nice to, to, to see a little bit of, I don't know, uh, Premier League camaraderie, for lack of a better word. Um, but uh, then in the 81st minute, Servic, uh gets one back. So you're looking at it now, and it is what 3-2 90th minute Xhaka with the assist Gorovic for the goal we're going into added time added time happens <laughs> there's no tiebreaker guys straight into penalties my god was I excited um I had a I <laughs> I had a friend over and we were there there was an intense decision whether we were going to watch Love Island or we were going to watch the penalty shootout and uh, we compromised um, by watching the penalty shootout. <laughs> it was uh, it definitely was one of the better ones. I love it when the majority of the goals go in. Uh, obviously, being a Crusaders fan this season, not the biggest fan of penalty shootouts. That <laughs> that's no surprise to anyone. But seeing this, I mean, like the last penalty, the one that uh, they needed to score, such high drama. Um, so, um, Switzerland step up first, score. France then with Pogba, score. Then Switzerland score, Shrew scores. Switzerland scores, Thurman scores. Switzerland scores, Kimbappe scores. Switzerland scores, and it is all on the line with Kylian Mbappe stepping up to the spot. And you're thinking, what could we get a safer pair of hands than? 21-year-old, 90 kajillion pound worth, I don't know, how much would he be worth? Surely he'd be the most expensive player in the world if he went on the market, but Kylian Mbappe steps up to the spot, and you're like, okay, who, who? if you're the Swiss manager, you're going like, okay, who am I going to get next to take the penalty? But uh, Jan Sommer of Borussia Mönchengladbach saves it. Um, there was a slight hesitation at the end, just to for the uh, referees just to clear everything up. Uh, and once they saw that Jan Sommer's uh, foot was still on the line, uh, the penalty uh, went... Yeah, no, the penalty was saved. Uh, Kylian Mbappe, you know, World Cup hero for France, wasn't able to do it in the Euros. France are going home, guys. The two finalists of last year's World Cup are going home. What is football? I don't understand. Um <laughs> And uh, yeah, that is it in terms of uh, the Euros so far. We'll just quickly glance over the NHL playoffs at the minute. The first game of the finals has been played officially and it went down as a 5-1 Tampa Bay Lightning win. So at the minute, Tampa Bay are leading the Montreal Canadiens in the finals one game to nothing. Obviously, there's six more games to possibly play so there's plenty of time for Montreal to get back in it uh, obviously I'm wanting the Canadian team to win 
um, call me biased because uh, I am, <laughs> and uh, Tampa Bay obviously uh, they would be going back to back if they were able to win it this year. Obviously, being the team who won it in the the first the first NHL playoffs to have no fans in the stadium, which was a very weird experience to watch as a fan. Very very strange. You're like. You can hear the like when they win the cup. You can hear them going like, "Ah, oh, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, buddy! I'm so excited. I'm going to Disneyland," uh, and it's so weird because that's normally all drowned out by the crowd. Um, so, so yeah, there's a there's a good couple of games coming up Thursday, Saturday, this week, and then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday, and the following weeks. You know what? Uh, Darren's not here. So we can't really make a prediction. We did also a playoff draft with the the rest of the injury time staff, uh, which is me, Darren, Johnny, and Rona, uh, <laughs> when it got to the semifinals. Uh, and at the minute, uh, Darren has got the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I have got the Montreal Canadiens. So <laughs> it'll be very interesting to see how that goes. And uh, <laughs> you see a Montreal win. Uh, I will never let Darren live it down, even though he probably doesn't give a shit. I will never let him down. Uh, never let him down. No, never let him forget about it. That's what I meant. Never going to give you up. Uh, moving on to the NBA playoffs. Now, um, I can't really remember what we covered last time. I'm pretty sure it was the conference semifinals. So we're into now the conference finals. There's four teams left in it. Uh, there's been a couple of games being played. So we'll go first to uh, Atlanta, Milwaukee. And for me, personally, I know it wouldn't have been possible just because of divisions and stuff like that, but I think that would have been the best uh, outcome in terms of uh, the two best teams going up against each other for the NBA uh, playoffs for the championship. But uh, they're meeting each other in the conference finals. Uh, so at the minute, uh, Milwaukee Bucks lead the Atlanta Hawks two games to one. So three games being played there. Uh, you know, you got another four possible games to go. I guess it's anyone's game. I haven't really been watching the highlights too much um, with that, but I'll definitely get more into it during the finals. And in the other round, there's five games have been played against the so the LA Clippers and the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Suns lead it three games to two so if Phoenix wins the next game they're they book their tickets to the final baby and uh, it'll be very interesting to see how that goes um right now if I had to call it I would say Phoenix are getting their uh, followed by uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. But hey, that's just me. You never know what's going to happen in the world of sport. Um, so we will, yeah, we'll wrap that up there. Um, I'll cover the games to watch. This is a shorter episode than normal, just because I'm on my Todd. So um, uh, yeah, let's get into games to watch next week. And should I just do a trivia round by myself? I'll look up interesting facts and go like, I didn't know that three times. <laughs> Uh, and then we'll wrap this bad boy up. So, uh, games to watch this week. Uh, obviously, we had the continuation of the Euros, um, which will be great. Oh, fucking great. Because England play Germany at 5 p.m. today. Uh, this is Wednesday, and Sweden are up against Ukraine. 
So I will give anything for England to lose. Um, moving on to the next uh, roundup is <laughs> we're into the quarterfinals. It's happening all so quickly, guys. Uh, it, it does feel, it feels weird, but I do like it. And I would like it to continue for the rest of my life. But um, Switzerland are against Spain in the next quarterfinal. Uh, and then Belgium are up against Italy. Oh, buddy. Talk about a barn burner. Uh, and then two teams I didn't think I'd see in the quarterfinals. The Czech Republic are up against Denmark. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see, you know, how everything pans out. Hopefully, now fingers crossed, we can do more coverage of it than we have been doing just because we've been so busy it has been a logistical nightmare to get things done and obviously apologizing for that folks and i'll stop going on about it uh but i just don't like the irony of complaining about being busy when you've been so bored for a year and a half um moving on to tuesday there is a football match the champions league qualifications linfield from you guessed it, Belfast Northern Ireland are playing against a team from, I have no idea, Salogriz, 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 Lithuanian team. Um, you know, I don't normally say this, but fucking, yeah, I hope they do well to represent Northern Ireland at the best football tournament in the world, in my opinion. Um, club football, that is. Uh, nothing can beat the World Cup for me. Um... So yeah, hopefully David Jeffries, or David Jeffries, Jesus Christ, <laughs> I've gone in a time machine, it's 2008, <laughs> uh, hopefully David Healy's men can uh, get a result there uh, and make, I don't know, put Northern Ireland on the map, <laughs> just why did it have to be them, because... Uh, yeah, the IFA. But anyway, um, moving on to, you know, that's pretty much us. I keep forgetting about it. I haven't covered the any of the Gaelic sports this weekend. Um, the uh, leagues have all kind of rounded up. People have got relegated. People have stayed in the same division. It's very confusing, and Darren's not here to help me. <laughs> so um, all I know is I'll, I'll just uh, I'll finish up with this. Um, I'll just read out the Division 1B, so one north of the Alliance uh, NHL, which is the National Hurling League. Um, obviously, Kilkenny uh, topped the group with 10 points, followed by Wexford. And I didn't know Wexford were that good at hurling, but... Here you go. Uh, in fourth place are Claire with four points. <laughs> Dublin are fifth. <laughs> oh, I love that. And uh, Leash are... No, I can I can say whatever I want now that Darren's not here. So Laos <laughs> are uh, on zero points and have been relegated. Uh, but in third place, uh, five games played, five points. Antrim RCF in Division 1 for next season and I'm very happy to say it because I've almost uh, obviously you know being from County Down and stuff like that County Down are my team um, the majority of the time but then I also love to see the other six counties do well and Antrim are probably uh, in, in hurling and football Antrim are obviously probably the top uh, in in that kind of respect um, so well done to the Saffrons um not not the spices the the people from Antrim playing Gaelic sport um so yeah uh let's uh, uh yeah yeah fuck it let's wrap it up uh so uh hopefully we'll be back next week with a proper sh a proper episode like you're used to uh story time and a lot 
Uh, and then, you know, you never know where this might go. Maybe live podcasts, maybe not. Is there a demand for it? Who knows? Um, but I'm excited to find out. So uh, thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, I've been Jordan Robinson. My first ever solo podcast I've ever done. Uh, I, I'm chalking it up as a success, guys. Don't care what you say. Uh, and I'll see you guys next week with Darren back in the back in the the shotgun seat. Not what they say. Dragon shotgun. Uh, so I've been Jordan Robinson. Thanks very much, guys. Cheers.